Hey, welcome to the Debunk Podcast. I'm Kita. I'm Kita. I'm a dental surgeon with a mission to contribute to the health of not just individuals, but to the entire public. The Debunked Podcast is all about fact-checking our health beliefs and sharing thoughts and culture as it impacts our day-to-day lives. Stay tuned as we talk all about health, culture, and everything in between. Hello and welcome to yet another one. This episode is another one in the Learn From History series and this is the final episode in the series. So I've really had fun taking you guys through the history of you know, medicine and some very interesting medical practices that have occurred you know, in the centuries preceding ours. So today we're drawing the curtain on that series and I want to say it was a huge, huge one doing that because I really like stories and I really like creepy stuff. So that's like a very good combination. I'm not doing this one alone. I actually have you know, a recurring guest, somebody who you already know one of my personal faves and I have Lakwe here with me to hi. do this episode with me. Hi Lakwe. Hi. Hi everyone. So today we're doing the bizarre medicine episode and here yeah. we're basically just talking about some of the craziest procedures that people who call themselves doctors or who were actually doctors have tried in the name of trying to effect cure on people. Now um, I don't know Lakwe how crazy were the things you you learned about so. atrocious. <laughs> atrocious is the word. Like ha- atrocious is how you would describe a lot of the things that have been happening. To be very honest, but you that know? being said, I feel like also thanks because <laughs> <laughs> now I don't have to go through exactly. that. Exactly. But then again, you know, at some point you don't don't mean that. That is a very bold statement because there are probably a lot of things that we are going through now that the next generation exactly will be for. like so. What you, know, you guys think? Yeah. Yeah. Ouch. And then, I mean, they were the forerunners of research, I guess. Well, you know, at least now. And then ethics. I think that one is a huge reason yes. why the yikes that we're going through now will not be as much as, you know, yes. you, if we ever get to that yikes point, it will never be <laughs> as bad as the people experienced in the past because now we have ethics. We have ethical considerations. Kind of like things that happened to, you know, Typhoid Mary or the Tuskegee experiments, those kind of things will not happen in this day and age, at least Hopefully. not fully legally. <laughs> you know, so we're grateful for that. So quickly, quickly, without wasting too much time, we're just going to run through some of the craziest things that were done in the name of medicine. Now, in recent times, you know, like we said, medicine is now a highly regulated profession. You know, many checks and balances are ensuring that people aren't just doing, you know, anything that they think they should do in the name of trying to help patients. So anyway, like we said, here are some incredibly bizarre and downright ridiculous things that people did and, you know, allowed others to do on humans. Number one, lobotomies. Okay. So I'm just going to say that um, lobotomies were essentially brain slicing. Yeah. So to make people feel better um, from a bunch of non-specific illnesses, their brains were sliced. And I say non-specific because if you coughed too loud, you might need a lobotomy. If you smiled too hard, you might need a lobotomy. I'm really trying to picture it. Okay, so um, the Greek word logos means um, lobe, like 
a lobe of the brain and tomos means slice or cut so basically brain slicing so essentially the procedure involved the insertion of an ice pick which is like a really sharp pointy object through the eye socket oh my goodness, oh my goodness. and into the wow. prefrontal context of the brain like the front of the brain of the person <laughs> and then when the pick was in the right place the protruding end would be struck with a hammer oh Girl, imagine sitting through wow. that and without anesthesia. Exactly. Anyway, so basically, <laughs> they stick a long piece of metal into your brain and they hit it with a hammer. They do this to live people. Yeah, live people. They they did it at the I'm time. Not sure, dead people would even want this to be done. Not to mention live people. They don't even perform autopsies that way. I mean, autopsies are a lot more humane. And I don't even know how you can be humane to an in, inanimate human, but. I mean, you get the picture. So, practitioners at the time believed that this was a cure to many mental illnesses. That's, you know, correct. Brain scrambling was supposed to help on scrambling the brain. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know why we're laughing. This is not funny. It's not funny. Yeah. But yeah, you know. Um, anyway, it has been declared as being one of the most barbaric mistakes that were ever perpetrated by mainstream medicine. And an interesting point to note, actually, is that John F. Kennedy, his younger sister, Rosemary, Underwent this ridiculous procedure after her father complained that she was too moody. The poor lady probably suffered from depression and he said, You know what? Let's drill a hole in her brain. (laughs) I can't believe what Why not? Anyway, so (laughs) unfortunately, the procedure reduced her mind to that of an infant and she was never the same again. So, I mean, no surprise there. Somehow they were surprised. Ooh, we drilled a brain and it wasn't better. <laughs> anyway, taking notes. Taking notes. <laughs> Number two, what you got for us? Okay, so I heard about this thing called bloodletting. Mm-hmm. And it's how sickness is due to bad blood. Bad blood, like when someone is beefing you. No, not that kind of bad blood. And then I think it was done by like ancient Egyptians. So what, what they, they would do was they would literally put leeches on the person to induce anemia <laughs> and it was a treatment for everything like it wasn't wow. even specific you get you leech. get leeches you, you get, get leeches. Leeches. everybody, everybody gets leeches. Leeches. you know after the leeches you come and get the lobotomy exactly and then i mean let's not mind the fact that this person was just coughing but now they're gonna bleed to death that too I mean, because who if, really you, if you're not alive, you can't cough, though. I mean, only living people cough. Love so is overrated. God is really overrated. Like, I mean, look at populations. How much blood do you think they got? And those things don't die. Exactly. They don't die. I think they are actually the only creatures that would survive. Oh. Like, in nuclear war. Yeah, cockroaches will survive. You will bomb the whole earth. Everything will melt and a cockroach will be up like, What's up? <laughs> Where are we about to eat at? <laughs> Everybody. Like they don't die unless they want to die. Because exactly. they just come out and turn on their backs and die. Nobody attacks them. <laughs> Gosh. Moving on, number three bizarre procedure is hemiglossectomy. Now, hemi means half. Glossa is tongue. So yeah, cutting half of the tongue. Oh my goodness. Now, you will ask why. And you will be correct because you know what is the best treatment for a stammer? Uh, let me go ding ding. 
got it. So, you know, doctors in the 18th and 19th centuries often just cut off half of the sutures tongue. Oh, wow. If you don't have a tongue, you can't stutter anyway. Exactly. So, anyway, I mean, onto something. That's, that's, that's yeah. Well, hemiglycectomies are still used today, but not for stuttering. They're used as a treatment for oral cancers. And, you know, now it's done under general anesthesia, which wasn't the case back in the day. And pain was only one problem. The treatment didn't work. And most patients bled to death anyways. I don't know why we're laughing. This thing is not funny like that. But it's also kind of funny. I don't... Anyway. uh, Bizarre procedure number three. Four. Okay, so this one is really weird of how they would treat, so they would treat sexually transmitted diseases with mercury. And I think that at this point, we all know that mercury is not the treatment for anything. It's not the treatment for anything, and then it was supposed to stop suffering. But then I feel like it probably also stopped the livers and the kidneys, so... Stop suffering. Dude. Essentially. Because it's not the patient. Exactly. They can't be in peace. I think these people were really onto something. (laughs) I mean, nowadays, you know, sometimes I have a headache and I'm like, what if I just cut off my head? If you don't have a head, they can't be You cannot have it. (laughs) So they probably were onto something. So were there any, like, serious, serious lasting effects of this mercury poisoning that everybody was going through? I mean, I'm sure that at some point they noticed that half of the population was deformed and dying because. We thank God that we exist in simpler times. Hallelujah. Bizarre procedure number five. Goat testicles. Yeah, you look curious. You look curious. You look so curious. Okay, so in the early 1900s, right, John Brinkley became one of the richest doctors in America. And despite having no medical qualifications, yeah, let's take a moment of silence there because his name is Dr. But he does not have qualified. <laughs> anyway, so he claimed he could cure impotence, infertility, and other sexual problems by sexually implanting goat's testicles oh into men's scrotum. Oh, wow. Yeah, the surgery had no specific merit, obviously, and was extremely dangerous. Many patients may have died. Died. They died. <laughs> <laughs> they died. They did die. They actually died. This is procedure number five. I think this reminds me of one that they would do in, I think, the 19th century. And then they said that how um, masturbation and sexual excesses were, they lead to impotence. They still say that now in churches. <laughs> <laughs> I was the best. are stuck in the 19th century. I'm telling you. Oh my god. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. What was the best cure for this? They were literally castrating rods of Oosh. electricity. Oosh. into the men's urethra. So that so that they can shock absorb the urethra. I don't I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. Rods with current. To cure running. what exactly? To cure horniness. Exactly. Oh wow. Well I know a few people who would need that now. It starts with R. Might end in S. Rapists. Yeah, they definitely need that cure for their own excessive excesses, if you know what I mean. Gosh, people suffer, man. Uh, okay. 
So um, we're talking now about oh, this one is my personal favorite, and you yeah. find out why in each other. So um, this is the story of how the vibrator was invented for curing women's mental illnesses. Now this one is obviously my favorite because thank God for research and medicine and vibrators. Anyway, so there was a time when everyone knew that um, everyone knew for certain that women could not have orgasms. Like it's what women orgasms the weaker sex no <laughs> never that so they would very often diagnose women with a psychiatric disorder called hysteria uh, a woman could exhibit any emotion from being overly excited to being too talkative to be qualified for a diagnosis of hysteria i kid you not so the cure was simple enough you know their physicians had to perform a specific type of physical pelvic therapy essentially stimulating the women's vaginas to achieve what they called hysterical what? paroxysms <laughs> I would probably get this procedure done twice every week <laughs> and twice on the weekend. You know, you and I were just called as an orgasm these days. But I, I digress. To know what was in the mind of the sequels. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, women just had mental illnesses, and the orgasms they were experiencing could not be called orgasms because women are less, so they cannot be having orgasms. Like that just makes them important. So it's a, men- <laughs> it's a mental illness, and they have to, you know. I don't understand. I don't understand. Stimulated. Well, I'm happy for the women of those days. <laughs> Imagine having a prescription, two stimulations twice daily. <laughs> Must have been nice. Pelvic massages were popular for ages, beginning in ancient Greece as an early method of treating a wandering womb, whatever that means, and persisting in you know Western medical practice until the 1920s. By the end of the 19th century, it was estimated that 75% of American women suffered from hysteria. I would have suffered too, to be honest. <laughs> the treatment was so popular, in fact, right, that physicians had to seek a faster, more efficient way to perform the treatment with, than with their own hands. You know, because they were using their own ungloved fingers, by the way. Um, yeah, so the first electric vibrator hit the scene. Hallelujah! <laughs> in the late 1800s. That's before the vacuum cleaner was even invented. Yeah, so priorities. yeah, priorities. So this decreased the treatment times from as much as an hour to as little as ten minutes because you know it takes the doctors one hour to do what the vibrator does in ten minutes essentially. So if you haven't seen the movie Hysteria, you should absolutely go and check it out. It was where I first came across oh, really? this interesting concept. Yeah. And I couldn't stop thinking about it since then. Like there's a whole movie titled Hysteria and it actually shows, you know, the whole it was really funny. I didn't really get what was happening at first, you know. Because the illegal, and this doctor started to develop carpal tunnel syndrome because oh their their wrists were always working. The vibrator was a very necessary invention because we can't have mad women running around here. We need to give them paroxysmal gyrations of the pelvic area to relieve them of their stress. And to be honest, there probably was a connection. These women were probably. not achieving orgasms and were probably just backed up and angry all the time. So you know, this was definitely hmm. Mm. There actually was a correct, probably a correct mission there. Mm. Thank God for the vibrators. Any, do, do you have anything more ridiculous? Okay, I think I have one. About, you know how they say that animals are your best friends? Okay. Well, apparently, you could use horse saliva as a cure for impaired libido. And I don't even understand the obsession with horses and their sexuality. Exactly. <laughs> And then use dead mice as a topical ointment. Oh, tetanus. Tetanus. 
just like, why how about I just die because I can't even stand mm-hmm. this. Remember the Black Death episode where you know people were literally slandering themselves in poop and bathing in the rain. Remember the Ebola scare when people were literally drinking salt, right? I think fair would do not anything just, to it. Not just in the nineteenth century. It's yeah. not just we're still silly. <laughs> we're still silly. And then they would, yeah, just like you said, like they would use animal feces as a cure for everything. And like, people still rob what tetanus? <laughs> what in the tetanus? <laughs> people still rob feces and sand on wound. All this really, oh my goodness. yeah, in all these really That's local so areas. They tell you if you have a wound, just pick sand and rub. You see, tiny children do it often, very often. And then another often. crazy one was how they would give kids cocaine. Yes, cough, cough mixture, the mixed cocaine with codeine, with uh, uh, belladonna, you know, I mean, the kids with everything. But if the kids are really sedated, they can't be in pain, they're always sleeping. So, I mean, imagine, wow, giving your kids crack. Yeah. New definition to crack babies. A whole new definition. Yeah, there was that one, I came across that one as well, but I was just like, you know what, we can't talk about everything. And then the one of how they use urine as a tube right now. I don't know, you're the, you're the dental surgeon. Can you enlighten us? I am not enlightened. <laughs> it takes an enlightened person to enlighten people. I am in the dark. Greatly so. Apparently they use urine as a way to enlighten their teeth. I, I wonder where these ideas are. I don't know. People just sit down here. What is the most ridiculous <laughs> thing we can do to and with our bodies? Well, I mean, like I said, inventions, right? Research. Exactly. Ethics and the good life that we are enjoying today. Well, the semi-good life that we are enjoying today. I can't even imagine what it was like to live in a world without antibiotics. Death. <laughs> Painful death. Imagine dying from staphylococcus. Oh my goodness. The embarrassment. <laughs> Painful death. It was all death. And these people were really filthy. Like, you, you, um, the... Episode um, about um, um, Semmelweis, the hand washing thing. They were dissecting corpses and putting their hands in women's vaginas to bring out babies right after. See, if that doesn't tell you all you needed to know about why there was so much disease and death, nothing else. I mean, that's all we need to know. I feel like even if I lived in that era, I wouldn't do that. Because that's just just feel the need to even wash just for the sake of being clean like just even for your own personal for your own sake. personal icky aversions <laughs> Ugh. boy anyway it is what it is we thank god that i'm most especially grateful that the lobotomies don't exist anymore <laughs> i'm not very happy that hysteria is no longer a diagnosis because it would have been nice to just take trips get prescriptions if you know what i mean the goat testicles was ridiculous. Very ridiculous that people didn't allow themselves. The glam, oh, I think they are. The hemiglosectomy. Gosh. And the tongue has so many blood. You know what? That's Do just you. beautiful. Do you. Do you, boo? Do you? But just, they don't do the other people. <laughs> that's what they did. Never just themselves. Anywho, that's our show for today, guys. Yeah. If you can think of any more ridiculous thing that used to happen, then tweet us, hit us. Um, Twitter is at debunked or debut, or you can tweet my personal page, which is at Life of Kitana. You can tweet at Lifeway, which is at Lifeway Kuti, and you should check out the debunked YouTube um, podcast, which is um, 
at Debon YouTube and you should check out um, Lape's YouTube channel which is thank you guys for listening we'll catch you in the next time bye for tuning in to this and other episodes of the debunked podcast if you want to interact better follow our official twitter page at debunked audible that is d-e-b-u-n-k-e-d-a-u-d-i-b-l-e at debunked audible you can also become a patron or a donor so that we can continue to improve the quality of our research production and take our message into the streets in form of health education outreaches so that everyone in the community can benefit until next time, catch you in the next one.